Hey there, welcome to the Favorite Church Podcast. We are a church for imperfect people who want to know God and make Him famous. In this episode, we'll be revisiting a message from one of our Sundays in church. Hey, welcome to Favorite Church Online. If we haven't met yet, my name's Paul and I'm so glad that you're tuning in right now. I'm so excited. I'm going to jump straight in. I'm so excited to share the word that God has given to my heart. It's been here in my heart for a while now, but it's a message about faith and breakthrough. And I believe that if you open up your heart, God's going to shift something in your life. He's going to shift something in your heart if you're open to him. If you, anyone want a shift? Do you want a shift? If you want a shift, can you put that in the comments? Can you say that with me? I want a shift. I don't know about you, but I want a shift. And I believe there's power when we respond to the word of God. You know, we're in a time in our world right now that's going to be known by the generations after us in history books. And it's annoying, it's not easy, and I believe so many people just want things to change, right? I think it's ingrained in human nature that we just all want a better life. We just want a better life, especially in the Philippines. Now, your desire may be pure, it's like, I just want to serve God more, or you're just like, I just want a more comfortable life. But the reality is we just want a better life, especially in the Philippines. And that's why people try to go abroad, start business. And that's true for everyone, I'd say. That was true for my family. You know, many years ago, my mom uh, wanted us to have a better life. And she wanted to do something. Now, my mom is good in math. She's great in math, and so, and so she, she would use math in budget, and I remember as a kid, whenever I'd ask her for something that's unreasonable, she would reply to me with, Anak, do you think I'm pooping money? Right? And all you Filipino kids, you know what I'm talking about, right? And, with, and she would use math to discipline me, right? Anak, stop that. Isa, dalawa, right? And with a little, if you're Filipino, you know what I'm talking about, but she was, she's good in math, and so she decided that we would join a math contest. That's called lotto. Some people say it's gambling, it's, it's, it's this, but I'd say it's a math contest. It's all probability. And so, but this was way before, we don't do it now, but way before. So my mom joined this 642 lotto with a multi-million million jackpot. And so she put her entry in six numbers, and then we were waiting for the results. The first number was 45, we got it. Second number, 17, we got it. Third number, 20, we got it. Fourth number, 31, we got it. Fifth number, 10, we got it. Sixth number, my mom put in 12, and the result was 21. And so we missed out on the multi-million lotto jackpot by a number, and we could have flipped the digits, and we could have won. Now, when I think about that story, I always think of, because I'm a selfless human being, I always think of all the, all the houses that I could have bought, all the big houses that I could have bought so that I could welcome more people, all the cars that I could have given away, and I wanted to text, text, group text people and tell them, your number has won 100,000 pesos, and actually give it to them, right? So I wanted to do that, and I think about all the things that I could have done if things were different. And I think that we're in a time right now where we just wish things are different. If not for this pandemic, I could have been studying in school right now. 
If not for this pandemic, my business should have been doing great right now. If not for this pandemic, my family would have been in a better place right now, and I just wish things are different. Maybe you're saying that, and that's what I want to preach on today. The title of my message is this. Could have, would have, should have. What do we do in a situation where we just wish things were different? And I want to read from Exodus chapter 14, verse 10, all the way down to verse 21. And I wanted to take you along in the journey. But before we do that, why don't we pray for a moment? Can you bow your heads with me? God, thank you, Lord. Amen. I told you it's a moment. Exodus 14, chapter 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. The context of this passage is that Israel was enslaved by Egypt for 430 years. And now finally, Moses led them out of Egypt, and they're being chased by the Egyptians. And the people of Israel, this year, the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Now, you got to remember, nothing, nothing's, no one's being harmed here. No one's being killed. But all that they're saying was, there, are there not enough graves in Egypt? What have you done to us? And they're a bit, I believe, um, when, I, when I read this passage, I think of, you know, your tita who's overacting. I think they're like that to Moses. I'm like, is it because you have no graves in Egypt, Moses, that you left us out, that you led us here, right? I think, I think it's human nature for us when, in, when we encounter something negative that we overemphasize that. You overemphasize the wrong that's happening in our lives. Exodus 14, verse 12. Let's continue reading. It's not this what we said to you in Egypt, they said to Moses. Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. They said, it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. As soon as it got uncomfortable, the Israelites wanted the old. They wanted what's familiar. But ain't that true for all of us? When it gets tough, a lot of us, we just want what's familiar to us. When it gets tough, we just want what was usual, what was old. Oh, I miss the old days. I miss when, I, when, when it was just easy. But remember, in this passage, 12 chapters before this, the people of Israel, in Exodus 2 verse 23, the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. And their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. So they prayed for this, and then when it got tough, they wanted to quit. I think when things are different, some of us want to quit the very thing that we prayed for. Yeah. That's right. very good. We pray to God, God, use me. And then God uses you. And you're like, oh, I feel used. Yeah. I feel stretched right now. We pray, God, God, promote me, Lord. Promote me. I want, I want to go to the next level. And then God promotes you, gives you more responsibility, which comes with more stress. And you're like, God, I just missed the old times. You pray to God that God would change you, make you more like Jesus, and you're singing, I want to be tried by fire. You sing all that? Higher. Higher. No, you're singing that song, and you don't even know what you're talking about, and then God tries you with fire. He corrects you. He rebukes you, and then you're like, God, I don't like what's happening. I want to quit this. I think when it gets challenging, we want what's comfortable, even though we know it's not the best for us. 
And that's why all you young adults stay on your toxic relationships because it's comfortable for you even if you know it's, you're not, it's not the best for you. And a lot of times we want change to happen. We want change to happen, right? We want a better life. We want, we want improvement. We want comfort. We want change to happen. But oftentimes change happens in a way that we don't expect it to be. What if God's already answering your prayer it just looks differently. What if he's already answering your prayer, but it just looks different? Remember, in this passage, God was already in the middle of rescuing Israel. But as soon as it got uncomfortable, Israel assumed that it was bad for them. When things get tough for us, we assume that it's bad for us. How many times have we quit on something that's good for us just because it's uncomfortable? Here's our confidence, though. Even when it's uncomfortable, God's moving in the middle. Even when it's uncomfortable, what you're going through right now, you're struggling, you're in pain, you feel like there's no hope, that's part of the process. And God's moving in the middle, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of the pressure, in the middle of the tension, God's moving in the middle of the process. The God who promised is the same God who's with you in the process. Come on now, somebody say amen to that. But I know the process can be tough. Because there's problems there. There's bumps. And you can so easily be shaken. But here's what I know. There's no problem that can, that can shake who our God is. There's no problem, no circumstance that can change his purposes for you and for me. So don't let the problem define your faith. Don't let your circumstance shake your conviction. Moses didn't. That's what Moses Remember, in this part, Moses was 80 years old. So in Exodus 14, verse 13, Moses told the people, don't be afraid. <laughs> He's old. Just stand still and, and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. Man, Moses was old, but his conviction was intact. And I wish we had more Christians who had a conviction that's intact. That things are not going my way, but I won't be afraid. My God is with me. Things are going bad, but my God is doing something good. There's something unexpected happening, but I'm still expectant because God's always moving. We think we need more Christians who won't let our circumstance define and shake our conviction. Here's what I know. When it gets shaky, we lose our focus. We lose our focus. One shaky place in the Philippines is the MRT. Anyone been to the MRT? And I love the MRT. It's what I, I used to use to go to, to go here in church. And I remember one time my friend gave me some great white running shoes. Not these, but she, she gave me great white running shoes. And I, and I, and I, I, shut up. And I, and I, I was planning to wear that to church so that I could look good and all that. And so I rode the MRT thinking that I would get to church with those white shoes. And let me tell you, in Quezon Avenue Station, a guy comes in, steps on my shoes. My new white shoes, it was my first time using it, and instantly, my flesh and the Holy Spirit. My flesh was saying, take your revenge on him. The Holy Spirit was saying, no, you have the spirit of self-control, and I'm here to tell you that in that day, the flesh won, 
And now from Quezon Avenue to Shaw Boulevard, I was stepping on his shoes, stepping on his shoes, <laughs> stepping on his shoes, because I, the unexpected happened and my conviction was shaken. I lost my focus to love God and love others just because something unexpected happened to me. And I was frustrated in that moment because I didn't expect that my white shoes would, be, would become dirty. And I was taking my revenge on this guy and it was useless because his shoes were dirty anyway. Right? I think here's what happens when, we, when things happen different, differently. We assume that the way that we plan it to be is the ideal way. And we put our weight on our plan. And when our plan doesn't happen, we assume that God's not moving. Yeah. And we're like, God, I can't understand this. Why is this happening? But Isaiah 55 verse 8 to 9, God says that his thoughts are nothing like our thoughts. And his ways are far beyond anything that we could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his ways higher than our ways. And my thoughts, he said, are higher than your thoughts. What if I told you here today that you're not meant to understand? You don't need to understand everything. You got to evaluate your situation, not based on what you're feeling, but based on who you have faith in. And who do we have faith in? We have faith in the God who is always in control. The God is always moving. So it's okay if you lose control because it's not meant to be that way. God's the one who's meant to be in control. So don't let your, your circumstance shake your conviction. And our conviction is this, that even when we wish things are different, God is always moving. But I know it could be hard to see what God's moving when all that you're hearing are the bad reports, when all that you're seeing are the bad news that your friends are sharing, when all that you're experiencing are the setbacks and the bad things that are happening. Moses experienced this. Moses was trying to lead Israel out of Egypt. There were more than 600,000 people there and he was trying to lead him out of Egypt. He didn't know how to, he just knew that God will. And he was surrounded with what I want to call the titas of Israel, who was just complaining, Anubayan Moses. Anubayan Moses, you led us out of Egypt. It's so uncomfortable. We're being changed right now. And all the reports they were saying were negative, but Moses, man, Moses already knew the result. He already knew the result. And that's why he said in Exodus 14, verse 13, watch the Lord, I'm sorry, watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. Hey, despite all the reports, you can depend on God and declare his word. I think we already have enough people reporting the bad, but we don't have enough Christians reaffirming what God has said. And even though it doesn't go your plan, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, God has a plan for you, a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, a plan to give you a hope in the future. Even when things are going the other way, God says he's going to use everything to work together for the good of those who love him. Even when you're overwhelmed, there's so much trouble. Jesus said that you can take heart because he has overcome the world. Are you evaluating your situation based on what you're facing or based on who you have faith in? We should evaluate based on who we have faith. And we should depend on God. Moses did. Exodus 14, verse 14. Moses said, the Lord himself will fight for you. You just need to stay calm. When you wish things are different, you don't need to know everything. You just need to know who our God is. And who is our God? He's greater. He's stronger. It's bigger than the problem. It's bigger than your circumstances. It's bigger than what you're facing. When you encounter a mountain, you can focus on the mountain mover. The God is doing the impossible for you. The God of the breakthrough, the God of the process is the same God of the promise. And this is who we're serving. 
And he even said in John 14 verse 12, that whoever believes in him will do the works that he has been doing and they will do even greater things than this. What if it's uncomfortable? What if it's different? What if what you're going through right now is unusual? Because God's doing something new. I think God's always doing something new. No one in our team expected that we would be doing church online this year. But God's doing something new. And we've witnessed more new people come in every single Sunday than any time in the history of our church because God's doing something new. I know it's different, but God's doing something new. I never imagined that I'm going to be preaching, talking to a camera this year because um, years ago when I was a child actor, I surrendered that to God and I never imagined it to happen. We never imagined that we're going to launch our young adults community online, but I know that God's doing something new. I have confidence that he's always doing something new. But I know that when God's doing something new, there's tension. There's tension that's new because you're breaking in that. And it's normal, but don't quit. I'm always so inspired every time I hear Pastor James tell the story of how they started our church with five people in that condominium. I don't, not five people, but a few people in that condominium. And he was leading worship and he was the only one singing and it was, he got discouraged but he held on because he knew that God was doing something new. God's always doing something new. Even when it's uncomfortable, God's doing something new in your life. But there's tension in there. Moses felt that tension. And in Exodus 14, verse 15, Moses ran to God. And I believe he said, God, God. It's taking a toll in my voice. But he said, God, God. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. You know what I, got, I get from here? That when things are happen, happening differently, all the more we should run to God and have an authentic conversation with him. That's what Moses did. So I think a lot of times we just keep it to ourselves. And when we dwell on our thoughts, we dwell on our negative self-talk, we dwell on our spiral of, oh, nobody understands. I'm the only one going through this. Nobody cares. And what we do when you keep it to yourself you don't really believe that God cares. You don't really believe that God cares. But let me tell you, God can handle the real you. You can be authentic to him. You can cry out to him. Because he cares for you. Lamentations 2 verse 19 says this, cry out in the night. Pour out your heart like water in prayer to the Lord. But you can cry out to God. He can cry out to God. He can handle the real you. And he will never be surprised. He'll never, when you cry to God, it's unfair. He'll never be like, what? Oh my, I mean, oh myself. He will never be like that. He'll never be like that because he already knows what you're going through, but he wants you to ask. Because Psalm 91 verse 15, God says that when you call on him, he will answer. He'll be with you in trouble and he will rescue you and honor you. You've ranted, you've complained, you posted about it, you talked to your people about it, but have you talked to God about it? And have you listened to him? Because I think when we wish things are different, God's about to tell us something that can turn things around. And it's what he did for Moses. Exodus 14, verse 16. God said to Moses, pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. These two sentences are so crucial, are so vital for the most prominent miracle in the Old Testament. Can you imagine if Moses didn't listen to God? 
Can you imagine if you didn't, you didn't pay attention? I think when things happen differently, all the more we should listen to God. When you're in the plane and the pilot's like, Mr. Captain speaking, uh, hope you're having a great day. We're about to crash, so, right? Instantly you want to listen because there's an emergency. But how many times have we missed out on what God wants to do because we fail to hear what he's trying to say? We should listen to God because he's about to say something that can turn things around. Let's continue reading. Exodus 14, verse 17 to 18. God said, and I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers. Pharaoh, the troops, the chariots, the charioteers are the same people that were threatening Israel. But God said that his great glory will be displayed through them. What, what Israel saw as a problem, they already assumed it's a failure. But God saw that problem and he said, that's potential. That's potential to see my glory. I don't know what you're going through right now. It may be tough. It may be difficult. But God is the God of the turnaround. And I know this, that the tougher it gets, the more glory God could get. Because when he does the impossible, you can take no credit for it. It all belongs to him. So this for anyone who's struggling in your career, anyone who's struggling in relationships, anyone who's struggling in your mental health, anyone who's struggling in your business, God is doing something good. Just need to hold on to him. Because in the middle of uncertainty, in the middle of difficulty, you can see God's glory. He can turn things around. A lot of times when things turn out differently, we get scared. We get worried. And that's normal because, because it's unusual. It's unfamiliar ground. In the Bible, every time God called people to do something great for him, there was always uncertainty involved. There was always an unknown factor involved. When God called Joseph, God gave Joseph a dream. He told him he's going to be a great ruler. And then Joseph got enslaved. He got imprisoned. There was so much uncertainty. When God called Noah to build a boat, he built that boat, that ark for 120 years and nothing was happening. There was so much uncertainty, but every single time God showed up. Every single time God showed up. In the unknown, God makes himself known. In the unknown, when you step out in faith into things that are uncertain, God, he will make himself known. So what does that mean? That means that it's okay for us not to know everything. You can release your need to know every single thing. I believe God leaves, purposely lives, leaves out details so that we would rely on him. So that we would rely on who he is. So that we would rely in his character. So what we would rely in his word. Psalm 119 verse 105 says here, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. God's word is a lamp to guide our feet and to light for our path. But it didn't say that his word is a light to the whole map. I think a lot of times we treat our life and God's plans for us like ways. In 20 years, you're going to get married. You're right. In 15 years, your business will thrive. You're right. And when things happen differently, we get disappointed. And when things don't go our way, we get frustrated. But God doesn't give you an ETA because he wants you to rely on him. I believe it's like this. God wants you to take the next step 
and then it shows you the next step. And I want you to take the next step so that as you walk in your purposes for him, you also grow closer to him. I believe God always answers our prayers in a way that we would have more and more of him. This is God's plan for us, that we would know him more, that we would get an intimate relationship with him because that's ultimately what will satisfy you and what will satisfy me. Even when it's uncertain, even when it's unknown, even when you don't know what the heck's happening around you, you can take confidence that in the unknown, God makes himself known. But the question is, will you take that uncertainty, that difficulty, as an opportunity to know God? In Exodus 14, verse 19 and 20, let's continue reading. The angel of God, who had been leading the people of Israel, moved to the rear of the camp. The pillar of cloud, which is the presence of God, also moved from the front and stood behind them. And the cloud settled between the Egyptian and Israelite camps. And as darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lighting up the night. But the Egyptians and the Israelites did not approach each other all night. You see, in the middle of the process, God protects you with his presence. I don't know what you're struggling with right now. I don't know what you're going through, but I know that many things might change, but one thing will not change. It's that God's with you. Jesus said, I am with you always. God protects you with his presence in the middle of the process. He protected Gideon. He told told Gideon, I'm with you. He protected Daniel from the lion's den. He protected Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the middle of the burning furnace, and they came out unharmed. You're coming out in this situation unharmed. You're coming out in this struggle unharmed, and God will protect you. If you're a child of God, the, the fact that you're hearing my voice right now means that God has protected you, He's protecting you, and he will protect you. I remember my mom would always pray for protection every time I would commute. And I've been commuting for more than 20 years now. And I remember this one time, I was going to Manila, and I was riding a a bus. I went going to work. And I was so engrossed in this K-drama that I was watching. Now, I'm not not addicted. I was just hooking it, but I'm 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 not addicted. You know you're addicted to K-drama when you start speaking in tongues and there's like, yo coming out, right? But I, I, I wasn't anything like that. I was just watching this K-drama. I was going to my work and then I didn't notice that I was the only one in the bus. Everyone already um, ran out of the bus. And as I looked up, the bus was burning. And I was watching K-drama. I'm like, okay. Then I, I ran out and I could you not as soon as I stepped out of that bus, the bus exploded. That's crazy. And I'm like, God, you protected me in that. Moses had an encounter in the burning bush. I had an encounter in the burning bus. Uh, and I, and I, but I knew that God was protecting me. I knew that God was with me. You know, in the middle of the valley, Psalm 23 verse 4, even when we walk through the darkest valley, God said, don't be afraid for he is close to you. His rod and his staff will protect you and comfort you. When you're in pain, when you're struggling, when you're hopeless, when you're anxious and when you're scared, God is with you and he protects you with his presence in the middle of the process. But maybe you're saying, you don't know, Paul, I'm, I'm still stuck. Yes, I know God's with me. Yes, I know God's going to show up. Yes, I know that my faith's going to be shaken, but I'm still stuck. And I think if only I had better resources, if only I had a better background, if only I had a better character, I could have done more. 
I would have been here. I should have accomplished this and that. You know, I grew up with this mindset. Like, and I, God, God had to pull me out of that. Because growing up, all my close friends just seemed like they had better lives compared to me. Like, they had the latest consoles, they had new things that God always provided for me. I was never in lack. But just comparing to yourself, comparison, man, it's a killer. All my close friends, they had the latest consoles, they had cars, they had drivers. And I was comparing to myself, comparing myself to them. Now, I'm more charming and better looking than them, but that's all right. But I thought that I can only move forward if I had the same resources that they had. Sometimes we think that we can only move forward if God gives us what we want. That we can only move forward if things are different. But in Exodus chapter 14, verse 21, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. God didn't give Moses anything new. He just stretched out his hand. So what God wanted to use was already in Moses' hand. What God wants to use is not the resource that you think you need, but the resource that you already have. There are probably a million sermons written, like the title is, What's in Your Hand? But what's in your hand? Who are the people that God has entrusted to you? What are the things that God has given you? What's the desire that's in your heart? What's in your hand? Because God wants to use that. God has given you everything that you need for the breakthrough that he wants for you. But a lot of times we focus on what we don't have. And that's why the hashtag Santa all, right? You see a relationship, you're like, Santa all, I hope I'm, I'm the same. You see a, a house that they're building, it's like Santa all. And you sun oil. You made a China oil, and now it's not this messed up. But we focus on what we don't have. But the word of God says that he has already given us all that we need, and his grace is enough. Amen. His grace is enough. And so all of us here, all of you who is watching this, you already have what you need for what God wants to do in your life. So you may be asking, so Paul, what's the difference between people who see breakthrough, who see God move, who walk in their purpose, compared to the people who don't see God move, who don't see purpose, who don't get fulfillment. If you already have what we need, what's the difference? It's faith. Faith is the X factor. Faith is the difference. You know what you need to move forward? It's faith. Faith is all you need to move forward. Faith in God's word. Faith to obey. Faith to say, God, this is hard, but I'm stepping out in faith. God, it is hard, but I'm still believing. God, it is hard, but I'm still trusting you. But I think a lot of times we think faith are grand things. Faith's like, I'm going to sell everything for the Lord. I'm going to give this up, and I'm going to do this wild thing so that I'm stepping out in faith. But stepping out in faith doesn't always look grand. You see, Exodus 14, 21 Moses stretched out his hand. It's not, it's not hard to stretch out your hand. Yeah. It's simple. But you know what separates that action? It's faith. It's faith to obey. Moses simply obeyed God. Simple obedience can lead to supernatural breakthrough. That's a word for someone today. You feel like you're stuck, but you haven't been obeying God. Simple obedience can lead to supernatural breakthrough. Maybe you're saying, Paul, 
Simple won't do anything. You don't understand. I'm still stuck in the same old job. I'm still stuck in the same skill set. I'm still stuck in the same place, same money in my bank account. I'm still stuck with the old things. But God can use old things to do something new if you would step out in faith and if you would have faith in him and faith to obey him. Or maybe you're saying, God, in, Paul, you don't know who I am. I'm not faith-filled. I'm not qualified. I'm not that good. Well, Moses wasn't either. Moses was a murderer. Moses wasn't, wasn't gifted. Moses tried to disqualify himself from the call of God. But thankfully, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. Because whatever purpose God has for you, it's not about you. It's about him and it's about other people. The breakthrough that you should want is the breakthrough that's not just for you, but for everyone around you. So you don't need to carry the weight and have faith on what you can do. You should have faith on who he is and what he can do through you. We should have faith to obey God. But I know it's not easy. It's not easy to obey God, right? It's tough. You get challenging. I want to continue reading. Exodus 14, verse 21 to 22. When Moses stretched out his hand, all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites were about to walk here. They were about to obey God's call to the promised land. And sometimes we think Israel's walk is just up walking the park. Like, yay, promised land, let's go, right? Right? <laughs> Uh, but, but we think it's a walk in the park. But if you read this passage, it says here, all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind. So most, Moses and the Israelites, they were walking through a strong east wind that was strong enough to split the sea. So it's not a walk in the park. Just like when you obey God, it's not a walk in the park. It's not easy. It's not easy to stand up for integrity. It's not easy to, to fight for your purity. It's not easy to step out in faith, in faith and believe that God can do more. There's opposition, there's tension there. People will say things that are not good and people will hate on you and people will persecute you if you step out in faith. There's pressure when you obey God. There was wind, there was pressure when Israel walked through the Red Sea. But the same pressure that they're walking through is the same pressure that's opening up the way. What you're going through is needed for the breakthrough. The same pressure that you're walking through is the same pressure that's gonna open up the way for you. When there's conflict, there's character development. James 1 verse 2 to 4 says this, when troubles of any kind come, we can consider it an opportunity for great joy. But when our faith is tested, our endurance grows, and when our endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Wherever there's conflict, there's character development. The pressure that you're feeling right now, God wants to use that to open up the way, because he's building something in you. Even when it's hopeless, even when there's so much pain, and there's a setback, and there's a dilemma, you might be discouraged right now, but God is developing you. God's building your capacity for the plan that he has for you. You know, I know I'm about to face many more trials in my life, and I know that what I've been through, it's nothing compared to our brothers and sisters 
who are persecuted right now in other nations. But I'm grateful that God got me out of what I've been through because he's not going to waste any of it. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to be stuck in years of regret, pain, and self-blaming when I lost my dad to suicide. It wasn't easy when I was working anywhere between 70 to 90 hours of a week, a week with just four hours of sleep because we wanted a better life. It wasn't easy. I felt like I was pulling. I felt like I was struggling. It wasn't easy to remain a Christian, a believer in the industry that God has called me to when people straight up to my face are challenging my conviction. And the, people, the same people who were challenging my conviction were the same people that God called me to preach the word to week in, week out, and they weren't even interested in listening. It wasn't easy to do any of those, but I'm thankful because God's never going to waste anything that we're going through. I want to accomplish more things for God, but that would mean that he's going to break me. That would mean that he's going to build me up. That would mean that he's going to do something in my life that's going to be hard. But here's what I know. When, it, when it's trying, when it's hard, God's building capacity. Just like what Pastor James talked about last week. God's building capacity. And let me tell you this. Your capacity will take you to places that your ability never will. And that's what God is building in you in this time when you wish things are different. Sometimes we're just complaining to God, God, I just don't have this. God, I, I wish I was better. I, God, I wish I was this. God, I don't have a great background. I don't have a great family. I don't have money. But what if God is not giving you the provision that you want so that you could have the transformation that you need? God wants you to have the transformation that you need. In this season, God's building us up. In this season, God's molding us. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says this, for we are God's masterpiece. And we look at this verse and we're like, oh yeah, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm the masterpiece of the Lord, but it takes work to build a masterpiece. When you're building a masterpiece, it takes effort. There's pressure, there's tension, there's pruning. The Bible talks about the concept of God being a refining fire, that he's going to heat us up so that when the impurities would rise up and so that he could scoop out the impurities so that it would be clear and so that he could see his image in that reflection. But it takes effort to build a masterpiece. But God said he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he had planned for us long ago. Even when you wish things are different, God has a plan for you. God's not done with you. Your best days are not behind you. They're ahead of you. And the breakthrough is coming your way. It's coming your way. If you would just have faith, he will show up. If you could sum up this sermon to one point, it's this. Have faith when you wish things are different because it's guaranteed he will show up. And Jesus said that even if you have just a mustard seed size of faith, you can tell this pound and move and it will move. Because it's not about the size of your faith, it's about the object of your faith. And do, who do we have faith in? It's God. The same God who split the sea. The same God who made the sun stand still. The same God who brought dead people back to life is who we have faith in. The same God who showed up to save Israel it's the same God who are saving people right now. You know, this whole story of God rescuing Israel from their slavery to Egypt, where there was no hope, they were oppressed, they were in pain, 
so that God can take them away into, into the promised land where they can be provided for, where they can have peace and they can have rest through the obedience of one man who's Moses. It's just pointing to God's greater plan of rescuing us from our slavery to sin where there's no hope, no joy. It's a spiral of hopelessness and sadness and defeat so that he could bring us in his presence, so that we could have life to the full, so that we could have fullness of joy. And he did that and he's doing that through the obedience of the Son of Man. And his name is Jesus. You know, things should have been different for us because we are walking towards a path that's going to hell because we're all sinners and we're all separated from God. But Jesus, the Son of God, decided that he doesn't want us to reach out to him. He wants to reach out to us. And he came here on earth and suffered the punishment that was meant for you and for me just in case we would give our lives to him. Just in case we decide that, God, I want you to be my Lord. He wants to offer you access to his presence where you can have fullness of joy. We can have life to the full. You can have the plans that he has for you. And he paid the price for that. You know, in just a moment, we're going to step out in faith. We're going to pray. And I believe people are going to see breakthrough in their lives. We're going to worship in the middle of this trying time. But before we do that, I just want to give every single person who had never made a decision to accept Jesus in your life. Romans 10 verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And all you need to do is repent of your sins, turn to God, and he will reach out to you. I believe God's knocking at your heart right now, and he wants you to come to him. Maybe you've never done this decision before. You've never accepted Jesus. You know you don't have an active relationship with God. Or maybe you did it before, but you walked away, life happened, you got busy, you got, you got distracted, and now you don't have an active relationship with God. If you're that person, I want you to put your hand in your heart. This, this is between you and God. And all of us, we're going to pray this prayer to invite Jesus into our lives. God, I repent of my sins. I believe that you died and you rose again for me. I give you my life. I accept you as my Lord, as my Savior, and as my everything. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hey. Congratulations for making the best decision that you can ever make. We are so glad that you made that decision. And welcome to the family of God. We want to help you in that faith journey because the walk of faith is not meant to be done alone. It's meant to be done in family. So if you made the decision, please let us know because we want to help you. We want to walk with you. And for the rest of us, we're going to step out of faith right now. We're going to worship God and we're going to pray and we're going to believe that God's going to show up in the middle of uncertainty, in the middle of difficulty, in the middle of this trying time, He's going to show up in our lives. I believe this, that real breakthrough comes when God's people want God more than we want the breakthrough. So come on, wherever you are right now, if you want more of God, can you lift your hands to heaven? And we're going to sing this chorus once again. Come on, wherever you are, can you begin to stir up the faith, stir up your faith right now. Come on. Is an open door. We want you, Lord.
Thank you so much for listening in. At Favor Church, we're a family, and we believe that the Christian journey should not be done alone. If something really spoke to you from the message, we would love to connect with you to talk it over. Or if you prayed the salvation prayer, we'd also love to be able to share more about the decision that you've just made. Please visit us at favor.church next to learn more. If you want to share this podcast with a friend, simply tap on the share button and send it through. We love you. We're praying for you. Till next time.